Oscars are what less than two weeks now. Uh, less. Th- well, they're about a week away. They now. are about a week yeah. away. God damn. I guess I gotta catch up. I know there's some things that I said I wasn't gonna watch before the Oscars, but now I think I want to. <laughs> Uh, what uh, what's on your list? Uh, I think there's only three. I do want to watch Fablemans just because oh, yeah. I'm a slut for Spielberg, and I I've also watched the three hour Spielberg's like documentary, so I know just how much his parents' relationship really affected <laughs> his core as a filmmaker. So it'd be fascinating to see yeah. his take on it. I know you've seen it. I know you enjoyed uh, yeah. it. Yeah, I liked it. It's not one of my favorites of his, but I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. There's also After Sun, which of course Paul oh, Mescal yeah. getting a nomination is really cool. Uh, women talking. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the core three. I can't really think of anything else per se. Yeah, I think my my main blind spot is uh, Triangle of Sadness. Oh which yeah, I had opportunities to see. I just never got around to it. Um, that's that's one so that I'm surprised that. got nominations. I'm glad it did, but I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if it didn't win. It's a lot. Yeah, and I've heard his previous film can't think of the director's name and if i could i don't want to butcher it but uh, he did the square it's like uh osland or something like that ruben is it ruben, ruben osland yeah okay, wow the first time i forget a name it's one i could probably pronounce but <laughs> well the o has a like a Oost, slash through like, it and so i'm not sure how it's pronounced oostland or maybe, Oost, maybe. Oost, i'll let you butcher that one for yourself yeah but yeah i i don't know what to expect per se it's not like in a dr- drama sense but more just like yeah. I think I'm personally more excited for The Last of Us than I am the Oscars. Yeah. But I yeah, mean, they I still both. they still haven't announced that The Last of Us is going to release on a different day or a different yeah. time or anything. No, for sure. Um, which is so it could be a simultaneous. Which I would love to see the Oscars just <laughs> take a huge on- hit honestly, in viewership when The Last of Us comes on. Yeah, if we can't do simultaneous, I want to watch The Last of Us at nine o'clock. <laughs> But then again, that's just me. Uh, what else movie related? We saw Quantum Mania. Yeah, we did. It was fine. Yeah. Uh, it was nowhere near as bad as what most critics would say, but at the same time, right. it is an Ant Man movie. So yeah, it's also I think it's it. it's like a lot of uh, a lot of people's bad blood with Marvel or superhero fatigue or whatever. Yeah. It's easy to pin on that movie because it kind of is guilty of everything that everybody's complaining about. Yeah. Um, it's also so it's. it's, it's kind of just like well yeah this movie wasn't terrible but also it hits all the boxes of things that people are sick of seeing yeah and it doesn't help too that this is a start of a new phase yeah. for marvel yeah and it feels like a lot of the same because it's ant-man and a lot yeah. of ant-man doesn't reinvent the wheel doesn't really try right. to usually and also following up wakanda forever is yeah. very emotionally charged both mm-hmm. in and out of the film and kind of changes a lot. Well, it's sandwiched by emotionally charged movies too, because Guardians is next. Which is funny to think that like that's kind of where the Ant Man films usually lie. Yeah, right. Because Ant Man One comes after Age of Ultron. Right after Age of Ultron. Uh, Ant Man and the Wasp is right after Infinity War. Yeah, it's between Infinity War and Endgame. Yes, and then this is honestly, if it was the second film in Phase Five, I feel like their response would be a little bit better. Yeah, Instead I mean, people would like, just kind of blow it off, be like, eh, yeah. not not a hit. But yeah, it's I think because they put, they they seemed, at least in the promoting of it, to put mm-hmm. so many chips of 
phase five on this movie. Just yeah. just the inclusion of Kang. Kang as the main villain and kind of hyping him up as the next kind of Thanos figure. Which, and then for the movie to just be kind of like, mm, okay. It's fine, yeah. It's, it's like, oh, that's not a great foundation for no. the next couple years. Oh, no, but at the same time, with Kang, though, I think so. I can't wait to see how wild and yeah, I, bad I, shit they get for yeah. Jonathan. Or at least they hope they do that because I, love, I feel like they don't. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say the least controversial thing I've ever said on the podcast. Jonathan Majors is an amazing actor and can just do anything on screen and be compelling. Yeah. Um, I, I I liked him in Quantum Mania. I didn't like Kang that much in Quantum Mania, if that makes sense. I thought he gave a really good That's performance, yeah. but his character was just very flat. And I realized they're they're saving a lot. They're trying to they're trying to piecemeal out little bits like they did with Thanos, but mm-hmm. that doesn't work as well when he's the main villain of your movie. Yeah, Kang's a weird thing, especially with how he's introduced in Quantum Mania, because it's like he is the big bad of yeah. this saga. They've already announced that yeah. the fucking next Avengers film is called the Kang dynasty. Right. But at the same time, it's like, he's so fucking weird. Mm-hmm. Like as a character. And even, I don't even know if they're going to keep like his full blown origin in terms of like who his oh, father right. is, yeah. where he comes from. And if they do, that's another can of worms. Like the whole thing to... they got to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. There's just a lot to go on from that. And I do think what they do in quantum media is like introduce how scary he could be, but yeah. the problem is, is the first pe- people we see him fight are the Ant-Man crew. <laughs> yeah. And it really, because again, it's like you think about, you see another version of Kang, which is, of course, in Loki, season mm-hmm. one, and he's great. Oh, yeah. He's, I, I love mean, that. Yeah, I would say who's the best character in Loki, or at least the best performance, I would still say Jonathan Majors, and he's only in a single episode. <laughs> and he just steals the scene and he brings such an intensity and fear just to everything around him and then you get to quantum mania and you get like the lighter funnier kind of more surface level version of what you'd see him be and hopefully with next like i don't know again with with marvel we have no fucking clue what they're gonna do yeah all we have are just like pngs and thumbnails (laughs) of like the logos logos, yeah and that's it well and i wouldn't be surprised if you know, just with kind of Phase Four being a little bit rocky in terms of public reception, and yeah. and Ant Man certainly not being the response that I think they were hoping for, I wouldn't be surprised Which... if we if we start seeing a lot of kind of you know uh, shifts in their plan. We've already seen them mm-hmm. push back a bunch of movies, like just since Ant Man released, they pushed movies back by a few months. Yeah, which makes which sense. is like good. I hope you spend that yeah. time either you know concepting for a little bit longer or give the vfx artists more time to work that would be great and also give other companies that are trying to do i mean speaking specifically dc to just (laughs) fill the void and either crash and fail or fill a gap that maybe some people haven't felt with marvel that like when they come back it's not going to feel like marvel has monopoly DC Even will they be fucking do. an interesting one to watch over the next couple I, of years. That we, was a we're getting four DC films this year, <laughs> and I don't. And the first one that comes out this month. Oh yeah, uh, Shazam! Sh- Shazam! Right? Shazam! Fury of the Gods, uh, the film when <laughs> one of the only films during James Gunn's introduction of the new DC yeah. universe went. 
Shazam, we love Shazam because he's doing his own thing. And it's like really much, it's almost a backhanded. It really just sounds like Shazam is so great because it's so easy to ignore. Yeah, we don't have to give a fuck until we need to. (laughs) Oh, you don't like what uh, Zachary Levi said on Twitter? I don't care. (laughs) He's a part of Shazam. (laughs) Which is funny. It's like, hey, at least it's not Black Adam, am I right, boys? And it's Uh, like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Give you that. Uh, And other movie news i mean there's a bunch of trailers that have come out these last couple weeks but the the two big ones of this week are disney related and they're Uh non-marvel and that is peter pan and wendy and the haunted mansion which does date this episode a bit in terms of when we record it i know we always record it live Mm -hmm. never lie about that (laughs) but as of when we're recording the mansion trailer just came out like Uh, oh yeah and this week yeah and I watched both, and I mean, I think it's not surprising that, like, the Peter Pan and Wendy one is, like, looks pretty Awful. okay. I don't really <laughs> think any... Again, it's David Lowry. Yeah. Which, I love David Lowry, and I even think his Pete's Dragon film was, like, actually pretty good, even though the trailers were not selling that yeah, film well, yeah. so I... If anything, I can hope that Peter Pan and Wendy has a little bit more to it... Sure. ...than what people are giving it to. Apparently... <laughs> I have to read the AMA because I don't know if this is true or not, but apparently David Lowry, in response to Green Knight coming out, did an AMA on Reddit, which is Ask Me Anything, and basically said the lighthouse was an inspiration for certain parts of Peter Pan and Wendy. Oh, okay. Which I think is, I would love to see what the fuck that means. Yeah, but right. Yeah, of the two films, The Haunted Mansion is the cooler looking one. I was quite surprised. I haven't watched The it, Haunted Mansion The tone yet. is perfect. I think for like a Haunted Mansion film, and also what's crazy about the Haunted Mansion film is that this year marks the 20th anniversary of the Eddie Murphy Haunted oh, Mansion wow. film. So uh, Emma will be very excited for I the bet. new one. I, I mean, it, she is the only person I know who's, whose favorite movie is the Haunted Mansion. Does she really like? I don't think it's actually film? her favorite movie, but yeah. like she has a lot of Haunted Mansion merch. She's a fangirl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Haunted Mansion is, yeah, it's one of those Disney rides that I feel like if you ask somebody when Pirates of the Caribbean was getting big, of course, around the time that came out, why, of course, they did a Haunted Mansion film. Right. And there's a reason why no one talks about it anymore compared <laughs> to Pirates. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it, the cast is, like, weirdly, like, it's, do you even know who the cast is? Of the new one? Yeah. No. Rosario Dawson, Lakeith oh. Stanfield, Tiffany Haddish. Owen Wilson, and then I think the one that's going to really sell you on the film, Danny fucking DeVito. <laughs> and Interesting. The the premise from the trailer shows is Rosario Dawson gets a house in New Orleans with her kid. It's mm. haunted. And then Owen Wilson, who plays a priest, basically hires a psychic played by Haddish, a tour guide played by Stanfield, <laughs> and I think a historian played by DeVito okay. to try and figure out what's going on with the house. Huh. And it looks wow. they they have gags from the actual ride in the film, yeah. which caught me off guard. Uh, it's directed by Justin Simeon, who I really enjoyed. Dear White, uh, Dear White People. This is his first. Oh film. yeah. He also did Bad Hair, which I still need to see. It's oh, been yeah. three fucking years since that. That film one's came been out. on my watch list for like, but uh, yeah. yeah, forever. But I heard that's a fun time too, and so to see him do this and just the tone just feels perfect for a haunted mm. mansion film. Cool, and especially after Peter Pan and Wendy. It's like, oh, thank God. <laughs> This one doesn't like you know have me a little bit worried. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm excited for it more there, than. There was also I don't know if it was new footage released or just a lot of press interviews and stuff about the new 
uh, Little Mermaid. Yes, there was like a little teaser. Yeah. That. Listen, that's I mean that's coming out my birthday weekend. Oh, are you I, jazzed? I don't know it's if my girlfriend. Treat. I don't. I mean, she jokes that she's not gonna make me see it <laughs> my birthday weekend, but uh, I know I'm gonna see it. Yeah. And there's, I think there's even a part of her that says like, "You don't have to go," and I'm like, <laughs> "If you don't want me to go see it with you, I won't." But like, because right. I think she knows I'm not gonna really enjoy it. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's it's not because of anything surrounding controversy about the film or any dumb shit like that about casting yeah. or anything. It really is just like they just have a terrible record with these things. <laughs> and I, I would even argue that like it, their baseline is just mediocre. Yeah. So it's like when I see something like this for Little Mermaid, it's like, well, it'll I, be fine. Yeah. It'll probably be okay. Well, and I'm not somebody. I don't particularly like the original anyway. The, oh, so like you just the hate animated redheads. movie, yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's not like I have some kind of nostalgic lens to to be hopeful for this one. It's just kind of mm-hmm. like, oh, another crapped out Disney remake for no reason. Uh, Melissa McCarthy as Ursula is an interesting choice, uh, and I say that not in like a specifically negative or positive yeah. way. I just feel like. If anything, I feel like it's a little too late. <laughs> uh, yeah. In terms of the <laughs> certainly synergy. for like the yeah the kind of peaking of her her mm. kind of prevalence in studio films. Yeah, like like if this came out when fucking Tammy or something like that came right. out, I feel like that might have been the best time yeah. for a synergetic yeah. Melissa McCarthy yeah. casting. In terms of like actor <laughs> for character casting you know i don't i don't know that it's that interesting of a choice i don't either i mean again <laughs> these, uh, most of these castings are very rarely that interesting yeah yeah like i mean cool aquafina is scuttle wonderful uh sebastian is uh david diggs love david diggs doesn't mean i think it's gonna be like yeah. it really is just like who are popular actors and actresses that can fill out a role or are up and coming in some way right. shape or form because the is it Chloe Bailey who's playing Hallie Ariel? Bailey. It's Hallie Bailey because yeah. it's Chloe and Hallie. It's, yeah. yeah. So it's Hallie Bailey. She's playing Ariel. Yeah. And I think it, is it her screen debut? It might. I be. think so. I think she might be like a stage yeah. performer or something. You know, she's a pop star. No, I mean she's a musician. Oh, okay. But, and then the guy that plays Eric is, I think, a no name. Or at I least don't know. it yeah. wasn't Harry Styles like everyone wanted it to be. <laughs> now, how funny, how is that age like milk after Don't Worry Darling? People oh, being man. like, let's make sure Harry Styles is Prince Eric yeah. in a Disney film. Uh, well, I mean, this has, this has nothing to do with what we're talking about today, so let's <laughs> just get right into it. Hello, yeah. everyone. I'm Logan Solange. And I'm Andy Carr. And this is Odd Trilogies with Logan and Andy. And on Odd Trilogies, we take a trio of films tied by number cast and crew, thematic elements, and we take each film one by one and discuss the good, the bad, and the weird surrounding them. Oh, I had a big yawn, damn. And today... (laughs) (laughs) Right in the intro. I know, really, it's the worst time to have it. (laughs) Today we are talking about the end of Rocky. Yeah, we're uh, we're coinciding a little bit with the release of the latest Creed film. Which by the time this comes out will be out for like two days. Yeah, yeah, this weekend. Um and uh, yeah, we just figured we'd do a we'd do a double header kind of oh yeah bringing together the sort of epilogues of Rocky. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, this yeah. episode in particular, the latter three sequels, 
the last three sequels yeah, to Rocky. Because while you can watch Creed and not have to have the bulk of knowledge and info about what fucking leads to Creed, right? It is very interesting to think about the road, the trials and tribulations of the Rocky franchise to get to what ultimately is the re like the resurgence of Rocky mm-hmm. via Creed. Yeah, and it's going its own path and. Originally, I think when I pitched this to you, I said, let's do all nine movies. Yeah. But to be honest, in terms of the Rocky franchise, one, two, and three are not that odd. No. In all honesty, while all three of those films, I think, are pretty much pretty great on their own merits. I mean, I love the first film. Rocky II is a really good sequel. I honestly think it's like, yeah, this is the best way to follow up an Oscar winner, (laughs) I guess. And then Rocky Three is the best approach to like, all right, Rocky's won. What do we do? And it's yeah. like schlocky action film. Let's kind of have fun with yeah, it. Yeah, let's bring in an asshole that just comes out of nowhere and he has to beat that <laughs> asshole. Yeah. So but, we, th- I mean, yeah. Yeah, and then and then with four, five, and six, which is kind of I think why we both thought it would be interesting to talk about, is they're all yeah. three kind of trying to answer the same question of like, well, what now? Yeah, where do we? Rocky's go on top here? of the world. What do we do with him? His arc, yeah. you know, is in danger of stagnating what Mm -hmm. do we do we talk about the dangers of wealth and fame yada 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 and And they all three have very different ways of handling that and also it's because in this trilogy the first one rocky four is the most important in terms of knowing for creed yeah because the creed trilogy doesn't exist if it isn't for what happens in rocky (laughs) four And what leads to a lot of the arcs surrounding one, two, and three do have a lot of tie to uh, Adonis Creed's basically feeling (laughs) towards what happens in the in four itself. But Rocky six being the second most important because that's how you know that Rocky runs an Italian restaurant. Yes. Oh, is Adrian's a real restaurant? Did we ever figure that out? I don't think it is. I fucking wish it was. I don't think so. I really wish Stallone had like actually made a restaurant like that and like everybody that's in the film is actually paid to work there like actual <laughs> workers and have been there for so long oh okay it, it is real but it's not adrian's it's a different restaurant that they just dress up as adrian's it's called that's, called the victor cafe well i'd have to go to that at some yeah. point if i'm ever in philly but, <laughs> uh speed round for anyone who doesn't know about the rocky trilogy yeah. the original films rocky one comes out in 1976 it's made on Barely a million dollars. It is an Oscar winner. It's one of the biggest films of 76. Mm-hmm. It makes about, I believe, $220 million in 1976, wow. which is yeah. a fucking lot. <laughs> yeah, especially in the pre-Star Wars era. Yeah, yeah, right, just right there, right before. Yeah. And so, after the film does well, United Artists basically goes to Stallone and goes, hey, we want to do a sequel. And he's like, cool, I want to direct. And they went, no. <laughs> Just because we let you act in the first film doesn't mean you get to direct. Yeah. And so he fought for it. He succeeded. Stallone writes and directs the second film. And while it doesn't make as much money as the first film, it still makes $200 million on a $7 million budget. Yeah. Basically, in the first film, Rocky loses, but, you know, not thematically or not emotionally. He truly wins. He's right. still the, he's the, he's the underdog, beloved underdog. Rocky two. He retires, but ultimately comes back <laughs> and wins and becomes the champion. Rocky Three comes out in 1982, makes about $270 million, yeah. watches him become the champion, 
faces Mr. T as the notorious Clubber Lang. Right. Gets his ass beat. Teams up with his uh, ex-rival, now best friend, Apollo Creed. Mm-hmm. They go to L.A. They get tra- he trains him. They, they go to the street, which Polly doesn't like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they wear a bunch of short shorts and run on the beach. Yep. He becomes a savage that knocks the shit out of Clubber Lang. Uh-huh. The film ends on a banging uh, freeze frame that turns into a painting <laughs> as Eye of the Tiger plays. Yeah. I want that painting so fucking bad. Yep. If the Victor Cafe, if I ever go, has that painting... I will ask how much it is. <laughs> I want that painting. But here we are. 1982, Rocky Three comes out, makes $270 million. United Artists basically goes, okay, guess what? We want another one. Right. This is a fucking franchise now. You can't stop it. So, of course, as soon as Rocky Three comes out, Four goes into production. Four is probably... <sighs> Would you say that Four is the most popular outside of the original? In the whole franchise probably yes, yeah i, mean, I would think so I, I feel like that was the movie i always heard about growing up from kids like i didn't watch the rocky movies as a kid I, they were not a part of my childhood okay. or my upbringing um but That's that was I'm... that rocky four was like one of those movies that i just would always hear other kids other boys talking about like mm-hmm. oh i love watching this movie with my dad rocky four oh the russian he beats up the russian mm-hmm. it's like that that movie was you know, it was it synced up perfectly with kind of a, a culture in the eighties. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, Reagan's America, the yes. Cold War, uh, all that sort of thing. And so I think that generation uh, then also kind of transplanted it onto their children, us. Yeah, because um, that's and, the thing. And is, so everybody loves that. Movie. Yeah, because I was. That's why I asked you specifically because you didn't grow up with the films. <clears throat> I did. Yeah. I didn't see one and two that much as a kid. I definitely. A hundred percent had seen three and four multiple times. Yeah. And it's to the point where like, yeah, three is my personal favorite just because of how many times I've seen it and how just rip roaring banging it is for 90 minutes and how it just doesn't give a fuck. (laughs) Yeah. Where it's like, we're not Rocky two. get over it. And you're like, I get over it. Yeah. Rocky three is a lot of fun just because it kind of throws caution to the wind. And then four was, I think I was even as a younger, even as a kid, I was in the minority with four because of a specific decision they make, which is in Rocky four, the main bad guy is the Russian heavy hitter, Ivan Drago. Mm -hmm. And he fucking kills Apollo Creed. Right. And as a kid who loved Apollo Creed, that just didn't feel right. (laughs) No, funny now as an adult rewatching this film after years of not seeing it, it's kind of shocking how well it sets up his death. Shows how good of a uh, writer Stallone yeah. is because like it just shows I completely forgot just how like crazy Creed is in terms of fighting and like he literally <laughs> would rather die in the ring as long as he won than live a normal boring life. Yeah. Compared to Rocky, who is constantly thinking about retiring almost every single day. <laughs> well, it's it's an interesting. He's such an interesting kind of, you know. I don't know about. I guess he's kind of a foil to Rocky in a way, um, because Creed, as long as we've known him, has been on top. I mean, yes. obviously Rocky beats him eventually, and you know takes the title and stuff. Mm-hmm. But like Apollo is a superstar from the moment we meet him, mm-hmm. uh, from the beginning of the series. And and he's kind of this showboater, this celebrity. It almost feels like he's more of a rock star than an athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, he backs it up in the ring. But then, yeah, it's kind of 
introduced to us over time and nailed home in Rocky Four that like yeah all he knows or wants to do with his life is fight like that's the only way he knows how to operate Mm -hmm. rocky on the other hand you would think of him as like more the natural fighter because he's had to fight all his life to get everything Mm -hmm. he wants he's been an underdog this whole time the whole point of the first movie is being an underdog but yeah like you said every fight he's just looking for the door out like he's just like yeah what do i do once i'm done uh i go home to my wife well yeah it's because the fact that like in rocky one he he didn't expect to win he wasn't and to a certain degree while he was trying to win he was also really just trying to survive in the ring yeah against uh against the heavyweight champion of the world yeah and yeah and it's all i mean it is i think in three they established with clubber that like Creed was like when Creed gets beaten, they the excuse that he uses is that Balboa beat him at like his oldest. Yeah, he had hold he had held the record for so long. Creed was out of date. Yeah, and so of course when yeah they kind of talk about Creed like he is the kind of next Muhammad Ali, like like yes. he he was the Muhammad Ali after Muhammad Ali, and that's basically how they treat him later on in the series. Yeah, too, and in yeah. the Creed films, in terms of his like notoriety and his popularity mm-hmm. and. It is kind of, like, fascinating to think that, like, you know, for the longest time as a kid, I always just thought they killed him off, and they didn't give any reason. They just wanted to get rid of my man, (laughs) my favorite guy in the Rocky series. But, no, it's... When, in reality, it was Carl Weathers who wanted to get rid of him. I mean, it really does feel like, watching it this time, and I don't think there's a lot... I haven't read any interviews recently about him talking about 4, like, go back to see, but it does feel like, with 4, Carl Weathers is kind of like, I don't know what else... I don't know if I really want to be the ring guy to Rocky for the rest of the series. I think yeah. I might be out. Yeah. And so Stallone writes him, I think, an important death and an important fight in the series because yeah. it's the it's the reason why Rocky again fights and is also the reason why, you know, leads to him having so many issues later on, like health wise in the series, because yeah. of that fight with Drago, but it's ultimately too kind of make amends for what he believes is letting creed die because he didn't throw the towel in right even though apollo didn't want him to throw the towel in because <laughs> the man would rather die in the ring yeah i i think honestly like creed dying is probably my f- favorite thing about four yes um, i would agree that having fight. not watched it as a kid and not being scarred by it um <laughs> it wasn't even scarred no, it, yeah, was, yeah. it was more like just sitting there being like well come on yeah because um, like as a kid you think after three you go like oh they're gonna go on so many adventures yeah and then he just fucking dies right, in the next right. film but i mean like outside of the first film you know just that that the inherent kind of inspiration of that underdog story of yeah. the first film four is like the most emotionally urgent in that moment where yeah. apollo dies and then rocky has his conversations with adrian where he's like i have to do this i have to put this guy away yeah, like because I, I i let my friend die and like that's the most any of the first five movies mm-hmm. ever like really dig deep into who rocky is yeah um it really goes from like him holding creed's dying body in the ring to a hard cut to creed's yeah. funeral to like hard cut i'm gonna go in the ring with drago yeah and it's like yeah. but yeah i will say it is a fleeting moment of emotional intimacy and then it's just rocky's gonna end the cold war yeah, like yes. it's just yeah. full patriotism which if anything that i was completely i completely forgot about this film and i think you agree with me on this is like i did not expect this film to be a 90 minute film where 20 minutes of this is just montage oh my gosh and i think it really is if you do the breakdown it's 20 minutes of montage 
maybe 10 minutes no no it's like 10 to 15 of like old footage <laughs> of the previous rocky films yeah uh and it's yeah and then like the rest of it's like actual f- new content yeah most of that being uh, fights two and, fights and specifically then, and yeah then a little sprinkling of new character scenes they literally play the ending to three all the way through and what's funny is it's not like it's they haven't done that before but this oh, is no, the fourth it's... Rocky film yeah. where they do this, and it, it's hard not to be comical that they literally just take the last few minutes off of the third film, they put it into four, and they just take out the Eye of the Tiger yeah. uh, painting freeze frame, and they just go to Rocky driving well, also, back to his house. It's also just longer. Like, each one of these films that does that, that yeah. repeats the previous ending, mm-hmm. it just gets longer and longer because um, they're kind of recapping the whole series. Yes, um, yes. And, uh, yeah, this Rocky Four does not stop with that kind of tradition of using the ending of the previous movie as the intro mm-hmm. for this movie. It doesn't stop there. It keeps using footage from the previous yeah. movies all throughout the movie. Because when I think of him talking to Adrian about doing the fight and having to do the fight, I do think of like how it's you know blocked and how he's at the bottom of the stairs, she's yeah. at the top, and how scared she is. But I mainly think about the next scene after this <laughs> is him getting in his car, jamming to I think is it easy no easy way out. Yeah, something like and that. And they are playing literally like all the Creed clips from like <laughs> two and three on every top single of, one. And like, I think they even reuse <laughs> the shots of Creed dying in his arms and four yeah. that we just saw ten minutes prior. And it's like, what the fuck? It's, it's yeah, it's why just do like, people like love this film because of this of all things? Well, it's a and clip I, show. I, I had a thought <laughs> while we were watching it, and I think I shared this with you. But it's like, if you're a kid watching this movie, and say you've seen all the the obviously you've probably seen all the other Rocky movies if you're yeah. watching this one. But like, once you've seen four, you don't need as a kid to watch any of the previous movies ever again no because this one spells every single one out for you it gives you all of rocky and apollo's arc together as friends Mm -hmm. over and over and over again so all you really ever need is to watch this movie and watch rocky kick the shit out of the russian and and so like i can totally see why people growing up on this think it's the best one especially if they haven't seen it in a long time because it just tells the whole story yeah. In the most lazy way. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense in like something like Rocky 2 where it's like, you know, it's not the video rental boom yet. Yeah. And this is not something that has usually happened with films, especially Oscar winning films like this where they <laughs> yeah. just make a sequel to it. Right. So, of course, they're like, it's been three years. Let's just, you know, throw in a recap just in case yeah. you forgot. <laughs> and then like, yeah, by the time you get to four, it's like fucking blockbuster exists you think people like i i know the covers of the original films like the back of my hand i can see yeah. it in my fucking hand like head it, there's no way you know when rocky 4 was coming out that people didn't rent them again to rewatch them only to go see yeah. rocky 4 and be like why did i even rent these films they're just <laughs> showing me everything i remember yeah all they do is cut out the the best stallone gags <laughs> yeah uh, think I mean, unfortunately, though, you know, in the later films, they don't do a flashback to Polly's robot. Yeah. Which I think it's time we just lay it out, lay all our cards on the table. Neither one of us love this film. No. <laughs> I would. I think we both are in the minority when we believe that Rocky Four is probably the worst good Rocky. It's still a good film. It's still well made. The fights are still great. Dolph Lundgren fucking kills it as Drago. 
Yeah. The look and feel of the film really is distinct enough that it doesn't feel like it's hearkening too much of taking too much from three or trying to do too much of one and two. It feels like it's its own thing because of the Cold War mm-hmm. feeling of the film. But ultimately, as a film, <laughs> by the time we watched Rocky Four, because we watched all the films just to like prep ourselves into remembering all of this yeah. as we got into the, And watching four is just like, we were like, thank God this is 90 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's like, and then we were watching it, it was like, why isn't this movie just an hour? <laughs> right. <laughs> There's so little new content that feels, um, feels very uh, like emotionally driven or character study kind of wise. Like, yeah. The little bit you talked about is kind of the only stuff we get. Yeah, it's like a it's a it's a highlight that burns really bright and really yeah. briefly, and then it's like okay, just gonna montage the rest of the movie. And here's Polly's robot. <laughs> and Polly's robot. And it's like, why do I need to see a man that I do not like? <laughs> yeah. Get a robot that he is either having sex with or is implied is like his surrogate wife in some way, shape, or form <laughs> because he's she's. She, I even just gave it a gender, yeah. is constantly nagging him. Right. And he's like, ah, what are you, my wife? And it's like, good Lord, yeah. what the fuck is this movie? <laughs> and ultimately, yeah, it is It is a rocky film. If anything, I get why people, like Andy said, enjoy it, because it is, you know, like a, a one-eighth a compilation film. <laughs> yeah. A one, and like, you know, one, like a quarter a music video montage yeah. You got you get hearts on fire, you get no easy way out. Uh which I think this is the only thing do you like Hearts on Fire more than I Had the Tiger? Uh I don't think so. I like it. I don't think I like it more than Okay. Than, I just want I didn't know if that was one thing we do have a difference on because like Hearts on Fire is a good song. It's no Eye of the Tiger. All yeah. right. I know Eye of the Tiger is played out, but Sure. Every time in Rocky Three, when they get the beginning after he gets the and after he gets the belt, and they do the magazine montage and they show yeah. Stallone and the fucking Muppets and yeah. I the Tigers just blaring. Yeah, it's like it gets me jazzed for Rocky Three. Well, as with Hearts on Fire, it's like I get it. I the Tiger did well. <laughs> We're bringing this back. We're bringing yeah. back Survivor for a song that's gonna kill it at the charts. It's fine. Yeah, uh, I will say my favorite montage is the. Uh, no, no easy way out. Uh, Balboa drives driving, the night, drives through the night, drives while he watches flashbacks, and has and has flashbacks to things we just saw. Yeah, <laughs> some good stuff. But uh, in in terms of the villain itself, a Drago, it's also I think. Well, I think some people could use this against Clubber Lang in three. I do think in four, the fact that like there's very little of Drago as a character. Yeah, he is just a stone wall that needs to be punched out. Right, and I think he is, I think he's, I mean, I think there's a reason that he's kind of iconic, not only because he's, you know, playing into that whole Russian Cold War uh, rivalry thing from the time, but also, like, he is the most intimidating figure oh, yeah. t- at that point in the Rocky uh, series up to then. Um, Props to Stallone for, like, pushing his ego aside to be like, you know, because originally this is Dolph Lundgren's first American film, and the producers didn't want him because he was too tall. Yeah. Right. They're like, they're going to tower over Stallone. And Sly was like, that's perfect. Right. Yeah. Like, that just He's means Ro- yeah, Rocky's going to take him out. And that's going to make it even more victorious that this yeah. guy just beat the shit brick house. And then basically told Dolph Lundgren, like, 
gained 20 more mu- like pounds of muscle and we'll talk. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, Jesus. Like, like Clubber Lang was kind of scary in the sense that he was like just super aggressive and, yeah, and very was... violent and, um, you know, kind of like Tasmanian devil, just this sort of chaotic oh, yeah. force in the ring. But he was Mr. T, you know, he yes. was a cartoon character. And Ivan Drago, while also, you know, a caricature of, you know, the cold, angry, war-loving Russian, mm-hmm. um, is genuinely intimidating. And like you said, yeah. he's not a very well-developed character in this movie. He's paper thin, but he's scary to look at. He and he towers have... the fuck over both Rocky and Apollo. Mm-hmm. And he kills Apollo, which yeah. makes him scarier. And he also has some banging one-liners when he does That's true. Talk. I That's will true. break him is... Yeah. Which comes back later in this franchise, yeah. which is great. But, I mean, yeah, again... Yeah, it does give us the most iconic villain at up to this point, I yes. think. Um, like, villain-villain. You know, Apollo is great, but he's yeah. not really a true villain. Yeah, at this point, after or after Rocky 2, it's like, there's there's very little gray area here. Whoever's going up against Rocky is a mean son of a bitch. Yeah, they have to be a bad and, guy, because like, Rocky's yeah. just a good dude. And with Drago, is, why is he bad? He's Russian. Oh, it's 1985. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's okay. Well, if that's you enough. don't believe me, he also killed Apollo. So. Yeah, and he was okay with it. Yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, like you were saying, there's not much to him. There is, like, a glimpse of this sort of mistreated, walked-on kind of person mm-hmm. treated as machine. Yeah. Because uh, there, are, there are moments where they're, like, talking about running tests on him and that he's he's had all the best training in the world, and mm-hmm. then it just cuts to his face, and he looks so, like, he's, like, thousand yards staring and just kind of looks sad. Um, and so there's, yeah, it's clear they were, like, they're... maybe in some version of the script they were trying to explore more of that, that he mm-hmm. was kind of this... Be, uh, you know chewed up and spit out product of a system and they get into it more in the creed films yes um, which we but, will definitely yeah, talk about more because but it's really nothing more than a hint in this yeah, movie which i'm i'm so glad you brought up in a different version of the script there might have been more because do you know what i just found out literally today huh in 2021 sly released a director's cut of four Oh, he called, actually did. Yeah, called Rocky versus or Balboa versus Draga, where apparently it's not a lot more added to the film, but apparently there's never before oh, seen footage and he yeah. reshots some like there's. I do remember hearing that. There's probably less robot because I know he fucking hates that robot. I remember reading an interview <laughs> with him from a couple years ago where he said, "Yeah, if I could, if I could recut the film, I'd cut out the robot." Because <laughs> <laughs> apparently, the, I think the robot was really good for one of his kids. Yeah, uh, which is really cool and. Yeah, I'm just saying in the film, the robot's useless because the robot never shows up again. Yeah. Could you imagine in, like, a Creed film if they, like, go through, like, Rocky's old things and just, like, in the corner there's the dusty old version of yeah. that fucking robot? <laughs> like, <laughs> after he goes bankrupt, he never sells the robot. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, Rocky Four is cut and dry. There's very little issue with it other than just being the fourth Rocky film. So there's already a bit of fatigue in terms of you know, villain, you know, the approach. There's only so many times you could do this, but they get away with it with four. It's a good time. We don't regret watching four at all. It was still mm-hmm. a really fun time, even though it was <laughs> we were just caught off guard by how fucking montage <laughs> it is at the beginning. But, you know, with a different, like, you know, more recent look, I do I do think though that a lot of people's love for this film is because of when they saw it. They were kids or very young. Yeah. And haven't seen it in a while. But hey, if you have seen it, if you literally watch it every time, you know, like a new Creed film comes out and you just rewatch the series and you get through four and you still like it, 
more power to you. I just think in terms of the good Rocky films, it's the weakest. Yeah. But hey, you know what that means? It's not the worst because the worst Rocky <laughs> film is coming up. It's coming up, which is 1990s Rocky Five. New decade for Rocky. Again, Rocky Four. You know what Rocky Four is. The thing about Rocky Five that's so interesting is like growing up, this is unsurprisingly the least watched one. Yeah. I mean, my... just, just like I just conversely of how I can see Rocky Four being the most rewatchable for kids or for anybody. Five, I cannot imagine a child yeah. wanting to watch like, this movie. Imagine again. my dad like showing me the Rocky films like Mufasa's Social but the Pride Lands. <laughs> And then, like, we just look over to the Elephant Graveyard, and there's just a lone film. And he's like, that's Rocky Five. We never touched that yeah. film. We, we just pretend that Rocky defeated all of Russia single-handedly yeah. and then retired in peace. And he and he, yeah, he was in perfect health and just retired, Nothing and he was happened happy. after that. And, no, unfortunately, that's not the case. What's really the case is Rocky Five. I think, seen very clearly the writing on the wall. Even though Rocky Four is still, I think, out of... All the films, even including the Creed films, I think is the highest grossing of all the films in the Rocky universe with three hundred yeah. million. The third highest grossing film in eighty five. Yeah. Which would mean probably Back to the Future, maybe is fucking Ghostbusters no, I think Ghostbusters is eighty four. Uh yeah. I think but so. like but like to be the third highest grossing film of a year, it's like yeah, the writing's on the wall. Uh huh. I don't know if we're going to do this. Like, what can we do? And I think Stallone was pretty clear on that because Rocky Four is the last film Stallone directs mm-hmm. until Balboa. Right. And so going into five, they bring back uh, Robert Altman. I th- uh, yeah. Please, so. yeah. Please look it up. I need to remember. His. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, director of five? Yeah. No, not Robert Altman. Uh, John G. Al- Thank Avildsen. you, Alvaldson. For some reason, Robert yeah. Altman came in my brain. <laughs> I don't think... That's yeah. why I looked at you, because I was like, there's no way that's right. Please. <laughs> I had J- to blink John- twice. I was like, did... Wait, Robert Altman? <laughs> I was like, and there's no... Yeah, and I looked at you, and I was like, that's not it, but I... <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. J- yeah, John G. Alvinson, who is mainly known for doing the first Rocky film, as uh-huh. well as the Karate Kid series. Yes, he which did is a- his... all of those, right? I think all, but did he do Last Karate Kid or the next Karate Kid, I the Hillary Swank film? It doesn't really matter if he did. Yeah, but he did do the trilogy, which maybe right. we'll talk yeah. about at some point. <laughs> yeah, we might. <laughs> we might we'll talk about that. it. But um, so they bring him back, I think, in a way to kind of sell people like, hey, this is going to go back to its roots. We can't. I mean. Rocky stops the Cold War. Where the fuck else would he go except for space? Which I think yeah. at that point, that is no way they could ever sell that to people. Yeah. So, of course, they go back to his roots. I mean, the whole series up until five has basically been selling that Rocky is just at the point in his age. Even though he wasn't that old in Rocky two, it's clear that like if he keeps fighting, there's going to be some severe damage. Yeah. And he just fought the strongest Russian in the world. Yeah, and got his head knocked in several times. And he's, yeah, he clearly has concussion. He clearly has a lot of issues. Yeah. And it's... Yeah, they lean hard into the brain damage angle in this movie. And Sly does too, in an acting sense. And he really didn't have to. (laughs) He really didn't. No, he didn't. At a certain point, yeah, I think we both looked at each other like, I mean, I appreciate the approach he's trying to do, but like, Jesus, (laughs) Jesus, <laughs> this really is like a different guy at times. Yeah, yeah, kind of makes you so... think about Tropic Thunder a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Um, and it also not makes... quite, but yeah, it also makes you think that like you know, 
seen Rocky Five. Like, if there was a version of Rocky Five that is entirely from his perspective, there'd just be no problems until Tommy like <laughs> leaves him because he just yeah. doesn't. He's not aware of he's anything. He's so oblivious. Yeah. His son goes through a whole bullying phase it's... and is just like, "Oh, cool, you beat him. Thanks, kid." Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's kind of pitiful. You really you feel bad for Rocky in this movie, but not in the sense that I think like makes the movie stronger. It's no, more just no. like this movie is just happening around this man and he's not a part of it. Yeah. Like not consciously. And what's weird too is like Stallone still has some good moments in terms of writing in this film. Mm-hmm. And it's clear that like and from, acting. Yeah, from the very beginning, Stallone has always written Rocky as someone who is dumb but not what's the way? He is He's wise, he's a simple but not guy. In, he's, yeah, he's, yeah, he's wise but not intelligent. Yes, yeah, yeah. it's the D and D and both of us yeah. <laughs> trying to find that. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, he's sixteen he, in wisdom, eight in intelligence. <laughs> yeah, really, six in intelligence. I maybe. mean, I mean, yeah, like and Stallone has never come to the Balboa character because it's based off him to some degree. Yeah, he's always come to him with a great sense of understanding as well as empathy, while also yeah. not hiding the fact that a, a guy like this who probably didn't have much growing up and was, I think, isn't it canonical? He was out of school by, like, eighth grade. Something like that, yeah. So, like, he is clearly just a guy who is very street smart, but not uh, book smart. Yeah. <laughs> and so, by the, and you add that on top of the amount of punches he has taken in the head. <laughs> because even if you take out Rocky well, Four, The funniest part about that is that at this point we're four movies deep, and Rocky has never blocked a shot in his life. Yes, like only in three. Yeah, I think three, three. Apollo teaches him to block for the first time in his career. Rhythm and blocking. After being the heavyweight champion for like two or three years at that point, he finally <laughs> learns how to block shots yeah. to his head. Um, and then and then he never does it again. And then yeah. he fights the Russian in four, doesn't block a single one of those <laughs> sledgehammers. Yeah, because um, the, the whole big thing is like Rocky won. It's just learning how to fight and survive in the ring against yeah, he's someone not really more. that yeah. much of a boxer in, in rocky two it's like how to learn how to fight southpaw so he mm-hmm. can switch his dominant hand at any time to kind of throw creed off three yeah. is blocking <laughs> blocking and rhythm creed teaches him rhythm as well as how to block which leads to the clubber laying fight being i think the most ferocious rocky gets in the whole series uh, yeah and then four, there's no lesson. It's just him out in the wild training. Yeah. The hearts on the, fire. The magic of music and yeah. winter sports. But despite all of the training, despite, you know, pulling up carriages with people seeing them in like, you know, big old logs and yeah. shit like that, he still just doesn't know how to fucking block. Yeah. And just Yeah, at a certain point it's hard not to like I can't imagine anyone sitting in that theater being like, Well, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> I was like, they were telling him to retire in two. Yeah. This is five. I don't really think that this he could go any longer. Yeah. It's it's funny thinking about like both Rocky's and Sylvester Stallone's like age in relation like yes. in the timeline of the movies in relation to real life, because they, they follow a pretty similar um timeline like it's it's pretty yeah. close to the actual time between movies is the time between events in the movies um yeah but it's, it's... just funny because like in 1976 rocky is kind of like he's too old to get into boxing is kind of a plot point in the yes. original movies like he's... he's too old to start professionally boxing yeah because uh, he's 30 yes um yeah. and by this movie he's like 43 but that's another thing, too, is, like, the timeline by five is just fucking non-existent. Well, sure. Because cause in four, 
when four ends, his kid is like four or five. Right, right, right. Uh, in five, he's supposed to be eight or nine, but he's played by Stallone's late actual son, uh, Sage Stallone, who at the time was like 15. <laughs> yeah. And he had to play like a nine, ten-year-old. And it's, Yeah, they play and, him down a little bit. And it doesn't work, though, because you constantly are like, how <laughs> the fuck does he have a teenage yeah. kid? But what I mean is like, okay, by the time we get to six – it's like the time elapsed is, is time yeah. elapsed is pretty similar. Yes. And it's just funny how many times in this series, Rocky is old. Like oh. he's, he's old at the beginning. He's old again in two. Mm-hmm. He's old again in five. And that's kind of like the main plot point of five is that he's too old. Yeah. And then he's way too old in six. And then he's in the Creed movies. You and know, he, of course yeah. he's not fighting in the Creed movies, yeah. but like, it's just the point, number of times yeah. that Rocky is too old in these this series is amazing to me. Just the fact that like someone with a straight face could look at Stallone in his 30s who looks fucking incredible and just go like you're too old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is to be well, like Jesus Christ. And to some degree I'm sure that's a sports thing cuz like Tom Brady's what 45 and everybody talks about like he's a dinosaur in yeah. the NFL. I mean yeah, especially uh, basketball in- players barely ever play into their late 30s because yeah, it's the damage it's the amount of work how much they're yeah. constantly training and also playing and yeah and fighting especially with boxers and it's just it's especially just hard on your body yeah, especially when you're a heavyweight champion you have to constantly defend that belt uh-huh. which and it's yeah it makes sense that again rocky five goes the way that it goes however the approach to every decision it makes just feels off enough that it it just doesn't work. Like a big part of Rocky five <laughs> is that he becomes a coach. Now he yeah. doesn't want to become a coach, but he meets a guy named Tommy who ends up getting the name Tommy gun, yeah. who is played by Tommy Morrison, the late Tommy Morrison, who I believe was also a real life boxer. He was. Time. Yeah. And basically doesn't want to be his coach, but sees something in him. So he ends up being a coach. However, that leads him to being a very bad dad, but due to his <laughs> brain damage, at least the way that Sly is playing, he doesn't realize how no bad idea. of a daddy is until, let's say, an hour 20 in. And this is a 30, no, it's a two-hour film. But, mm-hmm. like, maybe 90 minutes in is when he goes, maybe I'm not that great of a dad. And it's like, yeah. you think? Right. Your, your kid's wearing, like, one earring and being an asshole <laughs> with all of his shithead friends. I feel like there's something here you're not seeing. Yeah. And, again, Tommy as a character, he ends up being the final fight. It, there's nothing much to it because I think, you know, Tommy – isn't much of a character. I think he's less of a character than Drago is in a, in a way. Yeah, because, kind of. Because yeah. like you get one moment where he admits that he's such a ferocious fighter because he sees he imagines his dad yeah. in every fighter. Yeah. Because his dad was a piece of shit and he had a shitty home life. And that's like one of the only times you hear him talk about his life. <laughs> After that, it is just like business as usual. Mm-hmm. There's also in the film. A Don King type named, yeah. is it, what was it? Is it George Duke? G- George Washington Duke, George I think. Washington Duke. I knew it was George Duke, but there was something yeah. in the middle. Which is also confusing because there's already a Duke in yes. the Rocky movies. There's also a Duke in the Rocky movies that very little people in the film actually called Duke because the, the actor the actor's named Tony Burton, yeah. who's an actual boxer at one of the times. And I think in Rocky Two, even Creed calls him Tony at one point. <laughs> so, like... The, the fact that his name is Duke, don't worry. If you're one of those guys that, like, one of those people who watch these films and is like, I really like Apollo Creed's uh, ring guy. 
like his trainer, but I don't know who the fuck he is. Yeah. It's like, oh, don't that's worry, Duke. that's Duke. And then you get the Not five. Not to be and confused with Mr. Duke. Yes, but then in five, uh, Duke only shows up for a little bit, and then he kind of goes into the, I guess, goes back to L.A. And then George yeah. Washington Duke, the Don King of this universe, right. decides to show up and. Like having a present, like a presenter, a promoter that is kind of a sleaze ball, makes sense, especially with yeah. the era of boxing. At the same time, though, it doesn't really work. Yeah, he's, he's too much of a cartoon to really feel like there's anything there that like make him really sinister. Yeah, he's, well, and like Rocky just never really buys into his game because Ro- he's. Rocky's on one hand too out of it from the brain damage. Yeah. And on the other hand, that's just never what he's been about. Like he's never been mm-hmm. into the merchandising or the yeah. branding. There's a whole thing in what two where it's like, he just mm-hmm. can't connect with the, the, the identity of being a star athlete, yes. you know? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, Duke really poses no like conscious threat to Rocky. No. Um, when he, sh- when, when Duke shows up initially to try and get Rocky to fight his, uh, I, I his heavyweight champ, quote unquote, yeah, yeah. who is nobody, yeah. uh, at least in the in the universe. He might have been an actual actor, an, an actual boxer as well. But mm-hmm. as a character, I don't even yeah. remember what his name was. But like, yeah, Rocky is never interested when yeah. Duke shows up on screen. He's like, no, I just don't want to do it. And then on top of that, even though he's not interested, they for some reason I think maybe people had issue with the fact that uh. Talia Shire's Adrian doesn't have a lot to do in four. Yeah. She becomes more of a vocal person in five and basically is more antagonistic towards Duke than Rocky is. Yeah. And is like basically treating Rocky like he's an idiot. Yeah. She's <laughs> and, it's like she's his mother. Yeah. Of. And it also seems clear that like Talia Shire is like, uh, this is my last one. <laughs> I don't know what to do anymore. Yeah, I think I'm good. I don't need to do more than after this. Yeah. And then you have, you know, you have Burgess Meredith come back for some flashbacks, which is yeah. wild because I don't know why we needed those. <laughs> it was it was to introduce the gold boxing gloves. Right. That uh uh his that Rocky's son Robert really wants. Right. But ultimately he gives to Tommy because Rocky's brain damaged and doesn't really think about how his son's gonna feel about yeah. giving like Mickey's heirloom to kind of a stranger. Those yeah, those those golden boxing gloves, which amazingly get carried on to Creed too. Yeah, the Creed, and then there's another set of boxing gloves I think <laughs> that show up in that series to make it yeah. like twice. But yeah, there's that. There's also this is something we haven't really brought up entirely because this really affects the whole series, and that is the character of Polly. Uh, Polly yeah. is the biggest piece of shit. I don't. If anyone likes this character unironically, I don't understand. Yeah, that was something you were talking to me about when we were watching these movies. Because yeah. again, I was not really inundated with them as a child. But you said you you seem to feel like a lot of people really like Polly or respect him or I'm, think he's a valuable part I of just, this series. If I remember correctly, it's just a lot of. I mean, a lot of the stuff that Burt Young does in the series is just. To comedic effect yeah i mean does it work i don't th- now looking back probably not as much as it did back then but like a lot of the things that he does it's like it seems like people like him mainly because of what he's playing which is like that family member that is always trying to make a quick buck yeah the like filthy like, uncle or the yeah yeah he's like come on let me get a few bucks off your name well, and it's yeah. just like 
Polly is that, but also verbally abusive and alcoholic. I'm yeah. At one point, I swear they say that he was in the Marines, which would probably imply that he might have been in the Marines during Vietnam, which would also explain why he's a little bit uh, maybe possibly shell-shocked and also an alcoholic. Yeah. And, and I mean, yeah, it's like he's just mean and toxic all the time. Yes. And, and it's like, you know, maybe it'd be he'd be an entertaining kind of, you know, character to stomp on if he was like, you know, a Joe Pesci type, just like busting people's balls yeah. and being silly about it and, you know, like he just really, yeah. actually, actually, you know, comedically deft, but is, he's not. He's he's never funny. Yeah. He's just kind of an asshole all he's, the time. He's two steps away from being a Scorsese character. <laughs> like he really is just like he could he might be a Scorsese film knowing how long Burt Young was yeah. in the industry. Like it wouldn't surprise me. And apparently he's a good guy, a good actor. I mean, I think he is a good actor in oh, these films. Yeah, it's it's not just his fault. Yeah, the um, character like it's just in Rocky Four when like Creed and Rocky are talking about something and he's in a dirty ass white shirt yeah. in Balboa's nice mansion and he's <laughs> eating like fried chicken or some shit. Yeah, and it's like this man just irks me in this. Ending. Yeah, I, well, I think Four is the closest he gets to being like an appreciably funny kind of comic relief character. Yes, because before that he's just a drag. Like in the mm-hmm. first movie, he's actually like gross and horrifyingly abusive to his sister yeah um, uh, that's two that's and three fun. he's useless for three he's funny just because he has a robot and thinks it's his wife or they imply they imply like the yeah. closest thing it's he just has he's a wife. cartoon at that point yeah and, but in five it's the worst we have all the reasons to hate him because he ruins everything because for some reason and i don't I would love if there is a video of the, there's a fucking YouTube video where Legal Eagle explains how this is even fucking possible. Yeah. But apparently Polly had power of attorney and in Rocky Four thought it would be best to give it to their I think financier. Their financial or, advisor. Their financial advisor gives power who, of attorney to their financial who advisor. Ends up taking all of Balboa's money and they can't do anything about it. Yeah. Like in my mind, this shows how little well, I've seen. Well, I think seen. the the financial advisor betted on something yes. and lost. He said he was going to give back the money, but he's a fucking dumbass gambler. Yeah, and, and he bet it all and lost it all. And ultimately, because again, I had seen this film so little times. This is probably the second time I've I've seen this film all the way through. Yeah, I've seen clips again. I've I've seen the clip of "Don't hit me, I'll sue," and then he just like uppercuts yeah. George Washington dude and goes, "Sue me for what?" Like I've seen that clip all the time, because it's just like you know, yeah, look, he hit he hit the guy. Yeah. But like I was, I always thought in my brain they lose the money because they try to help Rocky and they spend all of his money trying to help him, <laughs> and they just uh, have nothing left. But ultimately, it's an even dumber reason why he yeah. loses money, and that's because Polly is the biggest piece of shit on the planet. Right. And and then of course the rest of the film is him being mad at everybody for being mad at him. Mm-hmm. Even though Rocky is not openly being mad at him. Yeah, Rocky's not even mad at him. He's like, well, shit, yeah. I guess I just lost everything. Like, if there's any flaw to Rocky is the soft spot for Polly. Yeah. Because, like, in three, Polly's a piece of shit. For, like, literally the opening of the film is Polly destroying a Rocky pinball machine because he's <laughs> jealous of Rocky being so popular. 
and then like basically admits that he's a child lashing out and he just wants a job and then Rocky gives him a job because <laughs> he's fucking Rocky Balboa and then in four there's a moment towards the I think before the Drago fight I think he has like a heart to heart moment with Rocky that we both went like where the fuck is this coming yeah. from and it's like sure but it's like, like right when he's about to go out to fight I think yeah because I think he's worried he's gonna die yeah which I guess could imply that he was doing the power of attorney thing because he was worried about yeah i mean again i who the fuck gave Polly power of fucking attorney yeah that would have been I, in my mind it'd be like that's adrian a hundred percent there's no right. fucking way it's not unless adrian gave to Polly, and then adrian's a Which fucking idiot just, yeah <laughs> makes no Can't sense imagine that but yeah i mean other than that i mean all the returning characters just feel at this point tired yeah. Uh, Robert, played by Sage Stallone, the late Sage Stallone. I mean, he does, I think, a good enough job with what he's given. He's trying. He's trying, but it's clear that, like, as an actor, I don't think what they're asking him to do is... I think it's a little too much for him as an actor. Yeah. I think what they're, like, they're basically saying, like, hey, it's good to fight as long as it's against a bully. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I mean, sure, but, like, I feel like the way this is written... It's, uh, he could have been better. Yeah. He does get to beat up Kevin Connolly, mostly known as E in Entourage. So if you <laughs> hate Entourage, especially E, you might get a little bit of catharsis out of watching uh, Robert Balboa beat the shit out of him. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then they become best friends Yeah, because they respect him. And then, and then, like, of course, Robert starts lashing out and being an asshole. And, again, Sly playing a Balbo with brain damage means that Adrian's like kind of dealing with this on her own. Yeah. So she's frustrated. It just ends up being a film that like you can clearly see they're trying to kind of not really capture the lightning in the bottle that was the first film, but at least try to bring it back to basics in a way that feels like if we end the franchise here, it'll feel like it makes sense. It feels like it all comes together. Yeah. And it doesn't because Another thing about this film is I think out of all the Rocky films, this one had the most issue with producers creatively because Sly's decision in the original script was much darker. He wanted <laughs> Rocky to fucking die in Adrian's arms in the die very in the end. muddy streets of Philadelphia. He wanted him to die in Philly in the streets yeah. <laughs> where he was raised, basically. Right, right. And United Artists just went, which I will have to admit, I agree with United <laughs> Artists on this one where it was like, no. Yeah. The fuck are you talking about? We're not doing that. It's like, okay, fine. So we have a street fight with Tommy Gunn that yeah. feels rushed. It's fun, but nowhere near as good as anything else we've seen yeah, in the series. Yeah, it's fun, but it's more funny than it is interesting. Yeah. And it just, yeah, it doesn't because, hold a candle to any of the actual fights. Because at this point, it feels like the film is clearly spent a little too much time on the uh, underdeveloped stuff because why the time it gets to the fight, um, the only people that are around to watch the fight are like Rocky and Polly. <laughs> and so when the fight starts to happen, there's newscasters there and that's how Adrian and Robert here. So they have to get there to watch Rocky yeah. fight. And guess what? George Washington Duke was just down the street. He's going to watch <laughs> the fight too. And Tommy's girlfriend is there and they're all going to watch them fight in the street. And, yeah, uh, it is. It is a bad film. It's not as bad as I think people give it credit for. Yeah, I do think there is some redeemable qualities in here, and there is clearly everyone is trying here. It just yeah. is like it's the type of trying where it's like you've been working for ten hours straight and you're still trying to push forward, but <laughs> it's just it's getting to you. 
Yeah. The caffeine's wearing off. This is a film that feels like the caffeine on the franchise is wearing off. And Yeah. I, I admire that this movie is actually kind – it's actually sort of grappling with, like, the ending of Rocky. You know, it's yeah. meant to be an ending – and well, it's I, also the ending of like sports stars, yeah, and, like, boxers yeah. specifically, where it's like it's not all. A lot of boxers don't always get the mansion. Yeah, and I, I mean, appreciate it's it's you know wanting to kind of return to the roots of Rocky, take him mm-hmm. back to the streets. He loses all of his fame and stardom and becomes you know the kind of the street rat that we yeah. knew him as to start. But it goes. But it doesn't do a whole lot with that. It goes too back to basics, where That's it literally yeah. is just. Rocky takes over Mickey's gym. Adrian decides she's bored, so she starts working at the pet at the shop pet store again. again. <laughs> and it's like the bar they go to is the bar that was in the first film. And it weirdly feels like what you think a reboot of Rocky would be today. Yeah. Like a like a like a Force Awakens type <laughs> film would be where it's like, Oh, it's the bar. Yeah. Oh, it's the pet stop. Oh, right. I know these things. It's like it's like five. What do you I know I know. I've seen this corner of Philly yeah. so many times. I know what you're doing, but like that doesn't make up for how the writing is just lackluster here. Yeah. And what ultimately leads is the the worst grossing film of the series, but it still makes uh 115. Yeah. You I think it's how, also the highest budget. Yeah, how much point. do you think this is? What the budget yeah. or the well, how much uh, budget? So is it like 40 40 it's like 42. Some? Yeah. So it's like, because like the budget's more go- than any of the previous ones. Yeah. You would not guess by looking at it. Because I think three is like 17, 18, four is like 25. Yeah. And this is nearly twice the budget of four. Yeah. And think of how grandiose four yeah, four is so it. much o- more over yeah. the top. Five feels like it's that high of a budget because of Stallone and Talia <laughs> and everyone who's returning. Yeah. And just like. It's Rocky Five. It's not in the production design. Yeah. Absolutely not. It it makes Rocky One look. <laughs> it make I mean it looks older than Rocky One in my opinion. To me, it looks, it looks very nineties in like yes. the worst way, not in yeah. the good way. Uh, kind of is... in the way that like you know some parts of the Ninja Turtles movies look very nineties. Yes. Um, although those have more fun with it and work because they're this about was, sewer monsters. This was the fucking same year as the first Ninja yeah, Turtles. Yeah, it was. Yeah. That's wild. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, it's it's a it's a weird and not good looking movie. They also brought back Bill Conti, the the man yeah. known for Flying mm-hmm. High, basically the the main Rocky man for the scores up until four. Right. I think he did something else in four and then came back for five. And I think the biggest thing in five is I think there's like, isn't there like not a rap version of flying high, but there's like a, like a record scratching nineties version of it. And it's like, I know what you're trying to do, but like, (laughs) I'm glad you're here, Bill, but you don't have to do that. Yeah. Just do what you do in every other film and play flying high as a motif 20 times. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Rocky five is not a good film. Uh, don't have to. I don't think we have to tell anybody that. But at the same time, it's not as bad. Yeah, it's it, also the first uh, real end to Rocky. Yeah, or not real, but first attempted end. It also Rocky. decides to put its montage at the end of the film, which is fucking <laughs> funny as shit. Yeah, to be like, oh, now I'm watching all the films after I've seen the final film. I'm <laughs> yeah. gonna rewatch it all. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's the first time the series goes like we're done and. After that, there is a long hiatus. Both Stallone as a director, both Balboa, like Balboa as a character, and Stallone as a director and writer. 
There isn't a lot there. Yeah, Stallone goes and does a lot of action movies yes. and stuff. Um, as oh, he an was working. He's working. Yeah, he as absolutely an actor, was working, but, but yeah, as a as a filmmaker, not so much. Um, but during the early to like the mid to late two thousands, you know, he starts to reflect on Rocky Five more, being disappointed with how it ends the franchise and tying it together with like. I think his current turmoils and just like his recent difficulties with being an aging actor yeah. that really doesn't have much to do or much work given to him. He decides maybe it's time to go back to Rocky. And for most people out there, I think when you hear something like that, you would probably go, Oh no, yeah, this isn't probably going to work out. Oh, I think desperation. A, yeah. I think a lot of people in the early to mid two thousands probably thought that too. Yeah. I mean, hilariously enough, one of the when I think of Rocky Six and how, like the the perception was, I think of like early stage Family Guy where they make fun that Rocky Six is him fighting a Martian on Mars. Yeah, and it's like they're like, why the fuck would you even come back to this? You fucked it up with five. Why would you even try? <laughs> and what we get is, I would say, the best ending to Rocky that you could get in a Rocky film, uh, thirty years yeah. after the first film. Yeah. You get Rocky Balboa, which I think this is, I think if you talk to somebody about what is their second least watched Rocky film, it's probably this one. Yeah. Because it's, it's not the most fun. Understandable. It is yeah. an old Rocky. It's, it's an old Rocky not, film. It's not like two through four, which are just kind of cartoon superhero boxing matches. Yes. Um, it's yes. more, I think it's the most similar to the first film yes, of all of the is. Rocky films in that it's kind of just about a down on his luck guy living his life in the, mm-hmm. you know, poorer areas of Philly. And yeah. uh, then he gets a shot at boxing. Yeah. And it basically is like in universe. Adrian's been dead for about five or six years. Yeah. Polly's still kicking it. Of course he is still working at the shamrock meat. Pack yeah. Life's plant. life's cruel to some people. And then there's Polly. <laughs> Um, Robert, Life is unfair, except to Polly. Yeah. Uh, he gets what he deserves. Uh, Robert has a very uh, detached relationship with his father, yeah. played in this film by Milo Ventimiglia, who at the time most people would have known as Peter Petrelli from NBC's hit show Heroes. Yeah, but now most people would know him as uh, I believe I don't know his name off the top of my head, but the dad from This Is Us. Yeah. Uh, because he's, I think, I think he's at every season of This Is Us Probably. in some way, shape, or form. But this is a film that, like Andy said, harkens the most back to the first film, and unlike Five, actually succeeds yeah. in my opinion. It's not a, it's not a perfect film. No. I would even say, in some angles, it's not even that great. But I think overall, it's really, really good because of Stallone, again, showing his strengths as Rocky by showing his own vulnerabilities and empathy towards that character. Yeah, in you know, self-reflecting on his life as an old actor, seeing, you know, how could that work as an old boxer, thinking, mm-hmm. like, maybe I could do it again. Yeah. And what's fascinating, too, is, especially when we talked about with Four, how there is a bit of a Creed scenario here, too, in terms of, like, Rocky is kind of okay if he dies in the ring, but for different reasons. Yeah. Well, as with Creed, he just wants to die in the ring because he can't handle boredom <laughs> and wants to <laughs> die. He wants to go out with a bang. He's just one of those guys Rocky is one of those guys where it's like, I just need to try it. I need to see if I can still do it. And if I can, great. If I can't, oh, well, I tried. And even if I die, at least I know I died trying. Yeah. And it's and it's the perfect, like, yeah, this is fucking Rocky. This is yeah. totally, if there's one thing 
that even makes five worth watching to get to Balboa. It's just seeing Stallone play the character he made and was born to play. Yeah. He it really is phenomenal. It this. really is. I mean, up until Creed, it's it's Stallone at his most kind of explorative with Rocky. Yes, yes. Really digging into, like, what is this guy... What's going through his head at this stage in his life? What mm-hmm. is on his mind every day? How does he feel now that the love of his life, his main purpose for even existing is gone? And his son doesn't want to talk to his him. His son doesn't want to talk to him. And he's just kind of stalled out. Yeah, and, and, like, he's doing fine. Like, his life is okay. But yeah, he, runs, he doesn't feel like he's got a lot, you know, to do or going on in his he, life. He runs a cool Italian restaurant that I wish existed. Yeah. Or at least, you know, in its in, in how it is in the film. Yeah. How it was. And he ultimately, what's so cool about it, too, and similar to the first Rocky, you would assume that, like, when the opportunity comes to him to have a fight, he would jump on it. But similar to the first film, he's hesitant. Yeah. Cause, and hilariously enough, this is probably, out of all the films, the funniest premise in terms of what causes a fight to happen. Mm-hmm. Whereas in 6... What happens is, is I believe ESPN or HBO does a Deadliest Warrior-esque like virtual... They do a simulation. Yeah, yeah, CGI simulation of who would win Balboa in his prime or the current heavyweight champ, who I can't remember what his um, name is. Uh, Mason the Line Dixon. Mason the Line Dixon, who is an actual boxer. And well, the, yeah, the actor is. The actor um, is. And... Um, and in the in the simulation, they say Balboa would be a better fighter and win. Yeah. And while not everyone agrees, there is oh my god, trust me, there's tons and tons of footage of just like ESPN commentators being like, well, I don't think Balboa could have really handled it if he was going against Mason at his prime. And yeah. And there's other people talking about how silly that would be. Right. Balboa sees that like people are kind of interested, and when Mason's people come to him and are basically like, hey, like we will give you a chance to do this. He ultimately is like, eh, I'm not really a punching bag. Like, yeah. I'm okay. But then ultimately takes it because it's like, while he has, you know, a solid life being a restaurant owner and being like the, like the ex heavyweight champion. I mean, his fucking face is on the belt. <laughs> yeah. Like it's clear that like, you know, if you have a bucket list and you're a boxer, I would not be surprised if one of those checks would be like, Try it one more time and see how yeah, it goes. Just, yeah, give it a shot. What do you got yeah. left? And I feel like anybody who has ever done sports or, like, you know, even, like, if you're a musician at one point yeah, in your life. Yeah, if you had like, some really specific skill that took a lot of training, yeah. some part of you at some point probably wants to strap the uniform back on and, and see if you again. can do it. Yeah. I mean, um, it's fascinating to see the because this film is 17 years old this year. Yeah. And it really, the only thing that feels dated, at least to me, about this film, there are two things. <laughs> it's the it's the way that the fight is shot. Oh, okay. It's shot like an HBO boxing match. Yeah, it's which, it's the most like broadcasty looking of yeah. any of the fights in these movies. I think this is like this is the turn of the age of going from film to HD. Yeah, and especially with TV HD as so well. It's that a, digital. It's look. that early look. Yeah. Uh, you know, if anyone has ever seen Dane Cook's Vicious Circle, I feel like that look, <laughs> that feel of like, oh, that's yeah. what HBO yeah. kind of had that look of at the time. Yeah. It kind of had that look to it. And the other thing that have really dates the film more than anything is how Stallone looks. Yeah. Because Stallone, and again, I am not trying to body shame the man at all because I think he looks 
phenomenal in Creed 1 and 2. Yeah. He, it's not that he looks awful in Balboa. It just clearly... It's, it's it's a to little... me it's to me it's uh it's kind of Stallone's faking it era yeah it's like he's he's desperately yeah. railing against the realities of aging yes. his hair is dyed jet black I think even his eyebrows are dyed I th- um, which I he think... looks pretty made up mm-hmm. which, um, which I think most eighties nineties action stars this was around the time a lot of them were going through that same era yeah like Schwarzenegger was right right I and think so Van Damme a little bit it's this you know. big kind of I mean it's past midlife but it's a midlife crisis in a sense for yeah. for actors especially action stars yeah that's the best way it's to like, describe it I'm I'm mushier and knobblier than I used to be what do I do with that yeah um and so yeah he he <laughs> doesn't look great in this movie um but I will say he does look he looks like the gnarled mangled version of you know Rocky 5 Rocky yeah. or Rocky 4 Rocky and so I I kind of appreciate it even though I yeah. think he looks a lot better just as a human being in the yeah. Creed movies oh yeah and he looks more like an actual old man and he doesn't um, overplay uh rocky's physical damage or mental damage from being a boxer no it is he really does play it straight like yeah he plays it straight but i also i think he plays it like he really threads the needle in this movie of like okay he was brain damaged in the 90s do in rocky 5 he was brain damaged from all his fighting you know and and there is some amount of healing and rehabilitation that can occur yeah. Sometimes when that happens and reconditioning. And so he feels in this movie like somebody who yeah. has taken that mental mm-hmm. beating but has had time to kind of rebuild himself a little bit. Yeah. And like I see inklings of his kind of comical Rocky Five performance in this movie, but in the perfect way. Yes. It's oh, like, yeah. yeah, this guy, he's a little he's not totally there all the time. Yeah. But he's still keeping it together and he's not a cartoon character and he's and he's definitely the most fun when he's being you know adrian's owner rocky when he's like yeah, you know, telling he's, stories yeah to he's the little the small table. town hero yeah and also when it's like something that i think in another type of film wouldn't work as well but i think works well here and that his his relationship with marie yeah uh who in case you don't know it's one of the things that like i think is on paper, a very odd choice, but of course in classic Stallone fashion, I think makes it work, is that the teenage girl that he helps in the first Rocky film to stay away with from a bunch of guys that she's smoking, trying to impress, yeah. has now grown up, <laughs> is an adult woman who works at his favorite bar. It's it's a different name, but it's the same bar that's in nearly every fucking Rocky right, film, right. right across the street from Mickey's. Is it and in this movie where it's called Andes, or is that I in think Rocky it's, Five? I think in this one it's called Andes. Okay, yeah. Because it's a vastly different change name-wise. Yeah. At one point it's Andes, and then in, Cre- in the Creed movies it's a, another name. Yeah, and, it, and it's never go, because who would who go there now, <laughs> I guess. But, uh, yeah, he's. it's not that they have like a real, like that much of a romantic relationship. It's more so him trying to be, to a degree, almost a father- grandfather figure to marie and her son well i think rocky at this point in his life kind of wants somebody to take care of yes and i don't know i don't know that that's necessarily that he thinks of it parentally like as a father and i don't you know i but i think he's like you know i'm still living in the neighborhood i've always lived (laughs) in 
my wife's gone, my son's gone, basically. Um, You know, what can I do? What am I doing in this neighborhood other than running this restaurant? You know, maybe I'll help out this person who's always been around. And then when you find out that Marie has a son, it's no surprise that basically there's a lot of father-son things he could be doing with Robert, but since Robert's detached and in his late 20s, early 30s, he basically gets to just do, like, adopt a dog with Marie's kid. Right. Right. Uh, basically asks his kid if he wants to work at the restaurant. I think ultimately be is like one of his ring guys mm-hmm. when they go into the fight itself. It also leads to one of the best, I think is one of the best Rockyisms in the whole series. Cause like <laughs> there's phenomenal Rockyisms. I think our, both of our personal favorites is the condominium joke in Rocky too. Oh, yeah. Uh, but of course I, don't I think use them. I don't use them, but I think in top five for me is definitely in Balboa. When Marie introduces her kid, and her kid is mixed, he is uh, he is he is black. Yeah. But he's standing right next to a white kid, so in classic <laughs> Rocky, he just assumes the white kid is Marie's. Right. And Marie goes, "No, it's not him. It's the other kid." And he goes, "Oh, well, I got no problem with that." Like, he just, <laughs> it's like it's such like a scene that like if Polly had said something oh, like yeah. that, it'd be racist. Yeah. But it's such a genuine mistake from Rocky, and he's so sweet about Rocky's it. Rocky's just so earnest, yeah. Yeah, he's such an earnest guy, and when he puts on that classic fedora and that outfit, it's yeah. like I love this outfit. Yeah, he's <laughs> it's so, he's at home in that. It's very that it's it's a delightful film. It's and it's also yeah. is like one of those things where it's like if there's anything it could do better than I think would really would have helped the film, I think was giving Mason Dixon more development. Sure. Because there is a moment in the film where he goes back to he goes back to his old gym, and feels like he's out of touch with like his actual talent and like yeah. boxing in general because he's been the he's been the head for so long he's been the champion for so long people think he's basically just going up against people that are no good for him. Right. That he's kind of he's kind of lost his touch. Yeah. And well, so he goes back to his old gym to kind of get that touch back. Yeah. But there's very little development on that, excluding like one or two scenes. Yeah, and he doesn't it it kind of feels like they they want to set him up to be learning some kind of lesson or something or he mm-hmm. and Rocky to cross paths and then they both come out the better for it but like yeah. b- when it comes to the final fight the guy's just an asshole to Rocky. Oh yeah. Um and of course like all the other previous fighters he gets his little like brief moment of redemption when he like congratulates him after the fight or whatever yeah. but it's really it it doesn't go a whole lot of places but one thing i do kind of appreciate about um at least the conflict within mason dixon's character in this movie is like or the the concept of him as the 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 villain yeah the villain is i feel like around this time was was a big time in professional sports for kind of calling out the top guys of like yeah, they're not that good, or the sport isn't what it used to be. I remember in basketball there being a lot of commentary mm-hmm. about like, oh, yeah, these these top guys in basketball right now, they aren't Michael Jordan, they aren't mm-hmm. Reggie Miller, they aren't, you know, Wilt Chamberlain, whatever. Um, for some reason, the 2000s was a big era of like kind of that, that phony criticism mm-hmm. of like, oh, they're not as good as they used to be. The sport's not oh, as yeah. good as it used to be. So yeah. for Mason Dixon to be this kind of product of like, ah, yeah, boxing's a shadow of its former self. He's got to mm-hmm. fight a real fighter like Rocky, who is who's also, ancient. He's also a shadow of his former self. <laughs> yeah. It is kind of a fun 
is yeah, I could, I wouldn't be surprised it, yeah. that like you know most people enjoy one through four because it's like that's the peak of like a resurgence mm-hmm. in boxing that's yeah. just loving the underdog story and and just loving just kind of the the fights itself and just like using the fights is the fights are very romanticized boxing yeah but in their brains being like people who grew up with boxing and just watching those films being like yeah that's totally how the fights were when in reality (laughs) it's never like that it's just like the power and the like the physicality is so much more fun in those films and with balboa it does have that vibe of like the best part about that final fight is when it doesn't try to be grounded. It's when they do like the second half of the fight where they do a lot more kind of editing. Yeah, kind of the like montage the weird through cuts the fight. and freeze frames. Yeah, and black they, and white. Because when they do like they do like the first two or three rounds, I believe straight. Yeah. Of the twelve. Yeah, and it's largely that kind of um, broadcast camera sports yeah, bird's sporting eye event view, thing. Yeah, and it's okay. Yeah, but it clearly is never going to be anyone's favorite Rocky fight compared to how much. <laughs> how much work and composition and just like theatrics were in those other fights mm-hmm. until you get to the second half of the fight with Dixon. And it does have a little bit more of that theatrical nature to it. Yeah. And, and again, to show just how strong the Rocky franchise is in general, just the fact that like, this is the sixth film in the series to end the exact same way with the music swelling, yeah. him falling to his knees. Everyone's excited. Regardless if he wins or loses, everyone's excited for Rocky. <laughs> yeah. And he walks out the ring, and it's just like, the fact that we're in Balboa, Conti does that again. Yeah. And it doesn't really lose its luster, yeah. personally. Like, I think yeah. it's really cool. I, yeah, I mean, I, I think of the actual Rocky-titled films, like, the ending of this one was the most emotional for me, mm-hmm. of just like, yeah, this feels like a perfect yeah. little coda he, for Rocky. When he to... puts his glove open, everyone's like screaming yeah, his yeah. name, and he just kind of walks into the darkness. It's so good. Yeah. It's also the I think it's this one where the the freeze frame final shot is him holding a fan's hand as he walks out yes. of the tunnel. Yes. Like that's yes. so good. That's really good. This is also it's also perfect because this 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 and the original film and the first Creed are probably the most like Philly. Of the yes. like, Philly is yes. the biggest character yes. in these three movies, and so for well, this one to you can't let out two because two has the zoo. <laughs> you gotta true. take her to the zoo, that's Andy. True. You gotta take her to yeah. the zoo. Um, but like in this, I I just love the concept in these movies that like yes, Rocky was once this kind of superstar. You know, he oh, rose yeah. to the top. He was huge. Obviously, even in two thousand six or whenever this takes place, they're still talking about him on Sports Center like he's a legend. Yeah, you know. But he's kind of only a celebrity to people in that area of Philly. Yeah, Philly like, loves him. Yeah, he, he's a local celebrity more yeah. than anything. It's so like, you've got people on the street being like, hey, aren't you that guy? Mm-hmm. He's like, I guess so. It really is, yeah. Outside of Philly, people respect Balboa and what he yeah. did in the ring. And then people in Philly fucking love him. Yeah, it's almost like really... he's kind of two different people. He's he's a different yeah. person to Philly mm-hmm. than he is to the world. It's um, also that's we'll talk about that because in Creed, that had one of my favorite moments in Creed involves like Philly's response yeah. to Adonis, yeah. and it is just a blast when they use Philly like that mm-hmm. and to end it on a film that feels like yeah the most Philly probably mm-hmm. since the first one. Yeah, and so I just love that kind of. I don't even know if that was what. Stallone was thinking with the final shot, but like just him, you know, grabbing a fan's hand just feels like, oh yeah, Rocky's, 
you know, he's a man of the people. He's, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. It's also the, I think out of all of these films, I think Balboa handles the flashback compilation style best. <laughs> yeah. Because it mainly happens when Balboa is dealing with the anniversary of the death of his wife. Uh-huh. And basically goes to all the locations that he went with Adrian <laughs> And like, and with Polly, and it was even funnier too. Is like, even if it doesn't bother you, Polly fucking hates it because it just constantly reminds him how much of a piece of shit he was to yeah. Adrian. Which That's again, like the best Polly scene in the whole series. Because oh yeah. Polly is just grappling with the fact that he was a terrible yeah, he's, person. He's older than dirt and doesn't deserve to live longer than his nice yeah. sister. And especially when we... he just he just walks away and leaves Rocky all by himself. At oh this yeah. Site. It's and it's just it's also the best Polly film. Balboa is the best Polly film. Polly is yeah. still a piece of shit, but at least he's an old curmudgeon that knows, like, like a big part of what I think leads Rocky to do the fight is the fact that, like, Polly's like, if I was in your shoes, God, I don't even give a fuck if I die. I would take it. Yeah. Like, and the fact that, like, Polly's, like, saying, like, you're doing this not for you, just for you. You're doing this for all these old guys and old people that just mm-hmm. feel like there's nothing, like, the world is treating them like there's nothing left for us. Yeah. And you're showing hope. And it's like, the best acting Burt Young, I think, has done. He's done a great job in all the yeah. films. I, I, it's I think, the most he's been asked to do. Absolutely. Also, you get Duke. Yeah, you get Duke's a lot of back. get a lot of Duke action, which I'm glad because Duke's a lot of fun in the other films. Yeah, and, Duke trains Rocky in this, which one. is great. And I also love that a lot of Duke's training is basically him going, "Listen, you're too <laughs> fucking old. You I can't lo- do shit." He's <laughs> like, "You ain't got speed." You ain't got reach. You're not going to last very long. Yeah. So what we got to do is build hurting bombs so that every time you hit him, you're just knocking the life out of him. You got to last. Yeah. And it's just one of the, like, it's such a great, like, training montage speech um, that uh, it's kind of disappointing then when you watch the final fight and we don't really get to see Rocky's hurting bombs that much. I no. mean, obviously he gets you some get good one or, hits. You get a one or two He in gets there. some good hits in, but it's like the fight is so... For the most part, like you said, it gets more stylized and dramatic. But like for the most part, the fight is not very romanticized, very dramatized. And Rocky yeah. doesn't. Rocky's biggest feat in the fight is just staying on his feet. Yes, like, he doesn't really do a whole lot to Mason Dixon. Again, reminiscent to the first film, it's all about him just lasting twelve rounds. Yeah, he just that's stays in, and that's the you know the feat. But yeah, it would have been cool just because that montage is so hype. And that oh, Duke yeah. speech is so hype, and the hurting bombs really sticks with me. And then we don't really get to see Stallone just lay into this guy. Yeah, there's there's one big moment where he knocks down Mason. It's like the yeah. only time it he like, does it. and it feels more like it caught him off guard than anything. And it did, it clearly <laughs> did, because yeah. it's it's again, this is such a good movie. It's such it a, is a good it's movie. a phenomenal way to end. Even though it's not perfect, it's a phenomenal way to end the Rocky franchise in a way that where it's like. This is the last time Rocky is the lead mm-hmm. in re- retroactively looking at it as that, or it's like, you know, there's always like, Oh, maybe they could do a seven. It's like, they could, <laughs> but why the fuck would you? Yeah. Even Especially before, at this point. Yeah. Even before Creed was even a thing, I would even think after that, it's like after Balboa Stallone gets a resurgence in his career yeah. where he becomes an action star again. He starts to do dramatic stuff again. Mainly it's action, but like he gets to come back into yeah. the zeitgeist well, again yeah so much of this movie's identity is like can and should the old guy do it one more time and, and it's like i don't know how you do that again or go beyond that in a seventh yeah. rocky movie 
Creed finds the perfect, you know, answer of what do you do with Rocky at this point, and it's, mm-hmm. you know, he's not going to fight anymore. <laughs> he and, takes on a different role. But you do get a side story, I think, a little bit later, where it's like, what if it was two old guys that's that come true. back in, and that's, that's fucking grudge match, which yeah. I've never seen, because I've heard it's not good. Yeah, I have not I've seen also it. heard there's a lot of CG Stallone and De Niro, oh boy. and I bet that's aged like a fine wine. Yeah, not I'm like sure. Milk. 2013, oh yeah. Oh my God. Um, but yeah, well, yeah. one idea, I guess what you could do- Lay it on me. Is you could do, because they're talking about doing a Drago- Yes. They've been talking about it we'll for a while. We'll definitely talk about this during a Creed trilogy. You because... could have Rocky fight Drago again because they're both old, and that would kind of make sense. God. I don't think you could have Rocky fight the current heavyweight champion again, you know, mm-hmm. like, the, like a young guy. I don't think it works anymore. But you, you... could have a weird-ass exhibition match of two old dinosaurs fighting, <laughs> and that could be interesting. So if So let's say hypothetically... Stallone's beef with uh, producer Erwin Winkler yeah. goes away. Sure. He's, Winkler's gone. Yeah. They make Drago. Are you telling me that you think the way that they're going to sell this film is like the, the final money <laughs> shot of the trailer? It's just like fucking Rocky Stallone steps and, into the yeah, ring. Yeah, no. Stallone and Drago go like face to face. Oh, man. Well, that, that would be a hard sell is making Rocky the kind of opposition or the antagonist of the Drago movie. That's not necessarily what I was thinking, but... You know, yeah, they they if they were to do a Rocky seven, they could do Rocky and Drago round two. Um, it would be interesting, but I don't know. That's a really tough sell. If you make a Drago centric yeah. movie with Rocky as the the antagonist, because again, I can't even remember. Because again, really my my dad off. is a huge fucking fan of Rocky. I mean, the box set that I own is the box set that he had owned for the longest time. But now he's man's gone full digital. He doesn't want any of that shit yeah. anymore. So he gave it to me. And, you know, constantly, I mean, I saw Creed 1 and 2 in theaters with him, and he's the biggest Rocky fan, and I can't even fucking remember. And it might just because he had kids. Yeah. Unsurprisingly, having, like, three kids. Like, I don't even know if he saw Balboa or if he really even thought, like, ah, it's probably not going to be good in theaters. <laughs> and then, like, when it came out, it was like, oh, shit, this is actually pretty good. Yeah. It's also the 2000s, which I feel like uh, is yeah. kind of a pit. Of... I think that's also why I think Stallone doesn't look the best, because the film... Is uh, a little. It doesn't look. You great. were talking earlier about like the two great. things that you think are the worst qualities of this movie, and I was expecting you to say the color grading. Cause yes, I should. This have said movie that. looks like shit in the color grade. <laughs> it's not even like that. It's badly Very shot or badly edited. Sharp. It's just yeah. I think really sharp. high contrast. Yeah. Very blue wash. Very two thousand six. Yes. Um. Very. Yeah. Oh my god! All the whites are blown out. Mm-hmm. Like, like when I think every of, scene is just blinding. When I think of one and two, I think of seventies. You know, uh, not avant garde, but like that seventies gorilla. Like let's we can walk around with a camera in our hands. Like that yeah. era of filmmaking, very much lock off at a fucking side yeah. of a sidewalk and just watch Stallone walk down an entire sidewalk. Yeah. Well, as with you know Rocky three and Rocky four, it's like. God, the peak of the 80s in a lot yeah. of way, both in the best and worst ways. <laughs> Five is like just the transition from the 80s into the 90s and still yeah. not realizing how to do the 90s well. And then, yeah, Balboa is basically like, this is definitely 2006. Yeah, Rocky Balboa looks like a music video for one of the bands that would have been featured on the compilation disc Buzz Cuts. Like one yeah. of those bands, a music video for them. Like I think of like you know a Puddle year, of mud. yeah, a year after this is like you know, 
think of something like, for example, like Linkin Park's What I've Done. And that music video, I feel like, looks like it's 10 years, like, better, like, it's aged better than this this is. Like, it just, like, Balboa just... It's grody. Yeah. I mean, it it doesn't all look bad. Some of it looks fine. But it's, like, certain scenes, it's just, like, man. A little mushy. Yeah. It it almost feels like it's very, like, very sharp. And, yeah, like you said, a lot of stuff's blown out. It feels like what will ultimately work better in Rambo 4. <laughs> yeah. Because of Rambo 4, I think, has that same vibe. But Rambo 4 not, is the Vietnam one? It's, or the, uh, the I think he's in, Philippines or something? I think he's in Burma. Thailand? He's in Burma, maybe? Somewhere in South Asia. It, listen, all I remember is him cutting a guy's head off and then using the gun to blow off the driver's head. Right, and he like saws dudes in half with a fifty cal. Yes, yeah. yes. I believe that's in Burma in the film. Burma. I don't remember. I haven't seen four. For some reason I was thinking Thailand. I've never seen five. And maybe someday that's the, in the future. That's the one that's like a Logan that's, ripoff, That's right? the one with Old Town Road. Like yes. the actual decent Old Town Road cover. <laughs> or like super serious version right. of the trailer. Where it's against the cartel, I think. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he yeah, goes to Mexico mm-hmm. or something, or Venezuela. We could probably look through Stallone in the last 10 to 15 years and just find a trilogy of... <laughs> I'm sure. I guess, I mean... No, I'm not going to say it. Okay. I'm not going to say it here because then if people want that, I don't know if we want to really do it <laughs> so yet. I don't know but, if we want to promise anything. Yeah, but no, I mean, with, with Balboa, you know, flaws and all, it is really like, this is the way to end Rocky. This is the yeah. way to do it for this character, and you know... It again showing with Creed, it's like if they could ever come back to this character, he'd probably fit better supporting wise, mm-hmm. which he does. And we will talk about next week. That's right. We're not waiting two weeks for this one. Mm-hmm. Next time, on March 11th, we are going to go from the end of Rocky, from 2006 all the way to 2015. Yeah, baby. With the new trilogy in the Rocky universe that leads to some damn good quality boxing (laughs) and content for the universe of rocky and that is the creed trilogy yeah which is 2015's creed 2018's creed 2 and 2023's wait for it creed 3 back to back weekends of boxing beauty and brutality if you were wondering why there was only one episode in february is because we were literally taking time we to watch all, all nine, of the fucking films all trying, nine rocky universe trying films. to find times in our schedules to see all these films and thank god we did because in all honesty i think watching creed one through three does add gives us a lot more perspective seeing six rocky films on top of that yeah in terms of like kind of the foundation of the dynasty that is this franchise and universe. So yeah. we're excited, especially because, I mean, like Andy talked about, there is the Drago in the room with Creed yeah. 2, which, or the Dragos, yes. which is going to be, oh, I, can't wait to, I can't wait to talk about Victor. No, no so there are good. two of them. <laughs> this is insane. But yes, tune in on March 11th when we talk about the Creed trilogy. But until then, I'm Logan Sowash. And I'm Andy Carr. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.